Hi, I'm Ray, and I live here in Long Island with my wife, Deborah. She's great with the kids, the house, everything. Oh, I don't know how she does it. We've got a daughter, Allie, and twin two-year-old boys. It's not really about the kids. My parents live across the street. That's right. And my brother lives with them. Now, not every family would go by on a conveyor belt for you, but mine would, because... Everybody loves Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey everybody, welcome back to Everybody Loves, Everybody Loves Raymond Episode 2. It's me, Crystal, and with me is Maxie. Hey, how's it going? Maxie, I've been told you have an encyclopedic knowledge of Everybody Loves Raymond's. I don't know who told you this. Uh, Zach. <laughs> Zach is busting my balls because I've watched any Everybody Loves Raymond before this podcast. I remember you you demonstrated some kind of uh, uh, knowledge of Everybody Loves Raymond that I was impressed by, and I was like, damn, you know a lot about Everybody Loves Raymond. Let, let me think about what Everybody Loves Raymond knowledge I have. Um, The guy who plays Frank, Ray's dad, mm-hmm. uh, he played the monster in Young Frankenstein. That's right. Uh, Paul Rubens, better known as Pee Wee Herman, shows up in, I think, two or three episodes. I didn't know that. He's like a, he's like a toy collector slash dealer, I think. Hmm. Because uh, there's this one episode where Ray, like, gives away um, his daughter's rare Charizard trading card, and he has to either get it back or get a replacement. You know how rare those Charizards were, so they did do their research. That's pretty good. That's pretty, it's pretty topical. Uh, I know that Ray's last name in the show is Barone, but in real life it's Romano, so, you know. Yeah, I, I don't remember if the Barone family was ever established as being Italian-American. It's kind of like, you know, it's like how George Costanza is not explicitly from, uh, you know, a, a Jewish-Italian mixed background, but, like, you just get the vibe, you know? Yeah. Marie is a very Italian sort of character, I think. Did they, did they at least establish them as Catholic? Honestly, I don't know. Because that's the thing. I feel like Marie has Italian vibes, but I feel like the family as a whole has Protestant vibes. But maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Hmm, interesting. I'm not, I'm not really familiar with the vibes of this myself. Uh, I don't know how that's possible, given that you've watched two entire episodes in a random order. No, I've, I've definitely watched lots of this show. I just mean... I don't think I could identify by vibes alone whether an American family is Catholic or Protestant. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, so let me let me give you the cheat sheet as somebody who grew up Catholic. Okay. Are there any saints in the house? Uh, I don't remember seeing any saints in the Barone house. Okay, so they're not conclusively Catholic, but they still could be. That's uh, the one heuristic I've got for you. Well, today we're going to talk about Season 8, Episode 10, Jazz Records. Have you seen this one before? Uh, no, I do not recall seeing this before. I've I've definitely seen lots of episodes, but just in random order, whatever happens to be airing on TV. So I also don't think I've seen this one before. Mm-hmm. But this one really uh starts off like they, they know what this show is. Everyone's on board because the first shot is Deborah carrying down some heavy presents for wrapping while all three men in the Barone family stand around doing nothing and do not offer to help her. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we call realism. <laughs> realism. Which is not even something that they, they bring up in the episode. By that point, they that might have been an early Raymond thing. But at this point, that's just what the show is. Season 8 is Advanced Raymond. The first episode of this show was a, a season 4 episode, I believe. Is that so? Yeah, it's the one where um, 
Frank and Marie get in some kind of argument, and Marie says that it's a loveless marriage. And then Frank says, a loveless marriage? A loveless marriage? And then storms out, and he goes back to his house to eat some plain bread out of the bag because he's so angry. And then Marie comes back in and offers to make him a sandwich and apologizes to him. Huh. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's strange. It's pretty rough stuff. I think I said on that previous episode also that Everybody Loves Raymond is, is the most general sitcom. Like, if I was thinking of a sitcom, this is what I would think of. Yeah, it, it is... I, I know what you mean. It is definitely, like, the template dom-com for, uh, you know, folks who grew up in, like, the 90s, early 2000s. But one of the characteristic elements of the show is that everybody just hates each other except for Amy. Everyone has a Homestuck-like uh, romance. Crystal, I do have to object to your elaborate web of Homestuck relationships, uh, because I don't like them. I don't like looking at it. It makes me upset. Okay, but is, is it wrong? Link me, link me the post again. I don't remember all the Homestuck names, um, but uh, basically Marie and Frank are the uh, Spades one that hate each other. Uh, that's Kismises. Kismises. And uh, Robert and Amy are the Heart one that love each other. Uh, let's see. There's Kismises. There's Auspices. There's... Aus- Auspicism is the one with three. Yeah. Uh, I think Morales is the um, Diamonds. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, Amy and Deborah. I forget the heart one. Which, thank God, because <laughs> if I could remember all four of them, I would like feel worse about myself. Yeah, this is a sign of character growth. Anyway, I I, I am interested by the proposition that uh, Robert serves as the third spoke in the Deborah Ray relationship. I feel I feel like he is not usually a moderating influence in that respect. Well, he and Deborah are are kind of friends. Mm-hmm. So he's sort of the the thing that keeps Deborah from just totally fucking hating Ray from that I developing see. into a, a Spades relationship, Kismesis. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Amy is of course the moderating influence on uh, Ray and Robert, and then Ray is the moderating influence on uh, Deborah and Marie. Okay. I mean, I, I know you don't care to look at this, but are there any uh, uh, logical objections? I I can't say I have any logical objections. <laughs> it just, I just kind of get mad when I remember this aspect of Homestuck lore sometimes. It's a very auspistical show. This is very true. Honestly, something I was not expecting going into this episode, kind of like bordering on tragic, this situation. Yeah, it's a little sad to watch. Definitely if you edited out the laugh track and put on different music, it would uh, carry a different tone. Mm-hmm. Do you want to describe the premise of this episode? Okay, so yeah, the premise of this episode is it's around Christmas time. Um, Ray finds that a treasured dictionary of his, which he won in a spelling bee, uh, was destroyed by his son's roughhousing. Uh, and Frank uses this as an opportunity to bag on him for uh, a time when he moved some cherished jazz albums next to the furnace in the basement, uh, and they all got melted. And uh, the plot sort of revolves around Ray trying to get back in Frank's good books, uh, not having a lot of luck with that, and um, to a lesser extent, Ray being frustrated with trying to get his parents to adjust to the futuristic modern technology of compact discs. 
I think Ray uh, probably comes off as the worst character in this episode. Oh, I disagree. Okay. You think it's Frank? I think, it, yeah, no, like, honestly, I think it might be Marie. But Frank doesn't come out much better. Ray is, like, trying his hardest to just make up for his past mistake. And even if he's, like, a little overzealous about it, not really getting the issues he's running into, like, he fundamentally means well throughout this whole thing. I do relate to Ray being very um, fixated on this thing, but I don't know that I agree that he tries his hardest. Mm-hmm. Because, like... Deborah tries to 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 calm him down from this, and he just doubles down on how it's really important that he trick his parents into listening to CDs so that his father will finally forgive him. Now, here's the thing, Crystal. If my wife tried to <laughs> convince me to let go of some petty ass dispute I have with my father, I would like get I would get mad at her. I'd be like, "How long have you known me? Are you joking?" Or just like, you know, maybe Ray, maybe you'd cool down a little bit if you helped your wife set up the Christmas decorations. <laughs> maybe that would uh, take your mind off it a little and you'd be able to uh, approach this with a clearer head. Now, this is fair. Uh, hey, I have a question. Mm -hmm. If Frank and Marie celebrate Christmas over at Raymond and Deborah's place, why are they bringing home decorations for a Christmas tree like the day before Christmas? Because they want to add more decorations to the tree. Okay, but they bring it to, like, their place. Oh, because they also want to set up a tree in their house. Yeah. They're retired. They need shit to do. Okay, yeah, no, they are old. It's true. Uh, there, There is a joke I really like where when they arrive at their house with a bunch of ornaments, uh, Frank mentions that, you know, there was this big sale and he's really jazzed about it. And uh, it becomes apparent that he purchased a menorah entirely because it was discounted. Uh, and I, I do like that joke. That is very relatable. That's that's you know that's the old person version of a steam sale. I'm kind of like a, a baby that sees jangling keys whenever somebody makes a reference to Judaism that is like lighthearted and not at Jewish people's expense. I'm like, oh, that's like the thing. That's the thing we have. You have a lighthearted humor. Yeah. Even though. <laughs> Robert gets fucked by the menorah. Robert does get a menorah up the ass, but like, who among us? <laughs> I, I, um, so Ray tries to, as you mentioned, Ray tries to buy some CDs to make up for breaking the records. But then later, uh, apparently Amy and Robert have, in one day on Christmas Eve, bought most of the vinyl records that Frank had before. It's apparently not that difficult of a task. You know, maybe they uh, live by one of those secondhand record stores. But don't they live nearby? Maybe they all live near a record store. I don't know. So why did Ray go there? Because <laughs> Ray's stupid and he's really set on this CD thing. I guess they also already have a vinyl record player set up in their house. I mean, yeah, they're old. That's to be expected. Honestly... <laughs> This whole episode is kind of weird watching it now just because of, like, the vinyl renaissance and how nobody actually uses CDs anymore. Exactly. That's what I was thinking also. It's a real time capsule. And um, I also, Frank is right about the, the electric company really got our ass by us having a bunch of appliances that we leave plugged in. I mean, yeah, but, like, what if I want to make a burger, like, super quickly? I mean, what tools do you use to make burger? Uh, a box of White Castle sliders and microwave. Well, then you just plug in the microwave when you need it. I've started doing that, unplugging all my kitchen shit and plugging it in when I need it. I See, I could never do that. That's just like, 
I would rather pay too much money on my electric bill than like do that kind of micromanagement. I don't know if that says something about me as a person. Yeah, that does, I think, describe most people. It does create, because I know some people like to hide their wires, but we just have like a little pile of wires on the counter next to the outlet. Uh, But eventually we do learn that uh, it was actually not Ray that broke the records back in the day, but Robert's. Yeah, he gives like this murder mystery style tvtropes.org slash pmwiki slash pmwiki.php slash main slash motive rant about it. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of wish they played that angle up more, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, before he gets to the point of admitting that he made the error, he's just glaring at Ray, describing how pissed off he is that Ray got the Hot Wheels. And he got corrective shoes. Which isn't Ray's fault at all. No, but like, listen, I understand why he has a lingering grudge over He's a 45-year-old man. He's a 45-year-old man who like spent his entire childhood getting shit on. He has a wife. He has a mortgage. Uh, well, he's also a cop. You got to keep in mind. He's, yeah, he's a cop. He's a vindictive bastard. <laughs> It would be really good if it turned out that him joining the force was all an elaborate ploy to, like, show up the instant Ray commits some misdemeanor and get him, like, five years in prison. That must have happened at some episode. Robert plays up uh, or threatens that somehow. Mm -hmm. One thing I do like about this episode, Amy, as always, the MVP of this show, the one that's really trying hard to get everybody to reconcile a little bit. I like her outfit. It's a good outfit, for yeah, sure. Yeah, she's got a long brown leather jacket, a light blue turtleneck. She looks good. Uh, my favorite moment of the episode is at the end, where, like, uh, for Christmas morning, Ray's sons give him an electronic dictionary and thesaurus, and, like, he's clearly, <laughs> you know, he, he's, a, he's a little put off by it, but also, like... He he does he does hug them and show appreciation in part to prove a point, but also you know he's being affectionate and he understands like the meaning of the gesture. I think it's sweet. When I saw it was the electric dictionary, I did laugh out loud. They did get my ass on that one. <laughs> you did. You told a good joke. I mean, that's the episode. You have anything more to say about the events of it? Uh, I mean, I'll tell you, Crystal. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't even said what I'm gonna say yet. Okay. You gotta be a freaking Nastra astronaut to work CD players these days. <laughs> Ray struggles with it so much. There's a long scene of him trying to get the plastic off the CD case. Okay, he... that plastic is bullshit, though. I hate the plastic on jewel cases. And he has sharp ob- implements nearby, but Frank told him not to touch his tools. Mm-hmm. This is where I would just, like, use my keys. And that wouldn't work either, but at least I'd feel a little more resourceful. Why wouldn't the keys work? Uh, they're usually, like, a little too blunt. You can't really get in there. You really need, like, a sharp, narrow object to do it proper like. I just like the idea that later, when Reyes set up his little trap of he's gonna, he's gonna use the remote to play the CDs as soon as his parents come into his house, he apparently spent hours setting this up and didn't test the volume. <laughs> I like that Deborah is also there, just to, like watch him suffer. I suppose Deborah's been there setting up Christmas, wrapping presents on the table as he spent the past hour on the scheme. And I do like uh, when they eventually start playing the records on the record player. We got some CD propaganda here because the CD did sound nice and crisp and loud. The mm-hmm. vinyl sounds scratchy and shitty. Yeah, there's like there is a fine line between like a warm 
crisp vinyl and a vinyl that just sounds like fucked up. But Frank loves it. It reminds him of, of his old days. Yeah, when he was slightly less miserable and hateful. What was what is Frank's uh, profession? I have no fucking idea. I assumed he was some kind of like workman. I'll look this up. Uh, he was a bookkeeper, real estate agent, and accountant. Damn, I I would not have expected that. He does not seem like the type to be a pencil pusher. Hold on, he's served in Korea. That means he was in Mash. Okay, it does not necessarily mean he was in Mash unless he was assigned to the four oh seven seven Mobile Army Hospital Unit. What if he got shot and went there? Shit! What if he did? Yeah, he, he could have been in the Mash. Oh, this is the crossover of the century. Um, that's everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, you know it's it's a watchable show. These 20 minutes that I watched it flew by. I can see why I watched so much of it as a child. I have seen much worse shows in my podcasting career. I'll tell you that much. What's the worst show you've ever seen for a podcast? You know, now that you ask, I don't think I've actually watched that many shows for podcasts. Mostly I've seen movies. Um, I mean, Totally Spies was not a great show. I think Totally Spies is all right. It's not the worst, but it's not, like, good. Yeah, I mean, there's no Gravity Falls, that show. Oof. Famously great show. Famously awful show. What? No, everybody loves it. F- funny funny Bill Cipher's there. You, they wanted to get David Lynch, but they didn't. That's a fun little piece of trivia for you. David Lynch rejected Gravity Falls, but he took the Cleveland show. He respected the <laughs> Cleveland show more than Gravity Falls. <laughs> was a recurring cast member on the cleveland show he was in a lot of episodes of the cleveland show he showed up for the cleveland show he was not a one-off character he was a recurring presence that's the bartender what a weird decision the cleveland show you know like i i get why it happened but like i don't get why it happened why did it happen uh, cause Family Guy is very successful and American Dad is moderately successful and they were like, oh, what if we made a third one? But, uh, what if, what if we made a third one, but we targeted a more urban audience? There's a point where they had, the, Fox had their little two-hour animation block and three of the shows were Family Guys. I mean, you know, King of the Hill had ended, nobody gives a fuck about The Simpsons. Yeah, Bob Burgers was the other one. That show's all right. Yeah, Bob's Burgers is okay. I feel like it's a little overrated, but it's okay. I like the part where he gets chained to the refrigerator. I like the part where he says, oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is not a Bob's Burgers podcast, so should we wrap it up? Yeah, okay. We have a few questions, however, that we do need to answer from our loyal audience. Oh, exciting. They've been waiting so long. Sure, they've been waiting four years for a new episode of Everybody Loves, Everybody Loves Raymond. Now, I do have a question, Crystal. Are you planning on keeping up the uh, current release schedule, or are you planning to accelerate it? Uh, you know, when the mood strikes me, perhaps uh, another episode of the show will be recorded. Mm-hmm. I'm not making any commitments. Sure. Lexi asks, did you ever break something as a kid that either you or the person who owned it still thinks about? I never broke something like that as a kid, but... When I was very young, like in kindergarten, I once uh, took a quarter out of a desk. And when I got home, I was like, check out this great quarter I found, mom and dad. And they were like, you know, that's stealing, right? And I was like, oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, you're a stealer. Yeah, no, I, I, di- I did put it back. And I think I also I can't remember whether I just put it back in the desk or whether I gave it back with an apology note to the kid that I took it from. Uh, either is pretty funny, I think. When I was a kid, I went to uh, one of my parents to the Meyer, I believe. 
And they had, a, they had a pretty good Pokemon section. It was the height of the Pokemon craze. They had not just the games, but also the, the comics, the cards. They had a little demo set up for Pokemon Snap. So my dad would sometimes just drop me off there for a while. And I remember looking at the Pokemon cards and being like, you know, there's really nothing stopping me from just stealing some. There's nothing they could. There's just like a guy who's barely paying attention. I could just do this. I could just take this pack of Pokemon cards. Crystal, did you did you join Team Rocket in that moment? Yeah, I did steal a pack of Pokemon cards. Then I opened the pack of Pokemon. That I, I ran away so the guy wouldn't see me and like hid at the the empty bottom row of one of the aisles. And I curled up in there and opened my pack of Pokemon cards and and looked at them. I don't remember what was in there. I don't think there was anything good. I was like, damn. I went through this exciting effort to steal it and there wasn't even anything good in here. Well, why do you think uh, members of Team Rocket are always coming at you with like Rattata and coughing and shit? Exactly. Well, what's wrong with coughing? Nothing's wrong with coughing. I'm just saying it's. I would be excited if I got coughing. It's no, it's no like Raichu or Beedrill or Alakazam. <laughs> but I remember that I was curled up in this bottom row, and I was like, you know, still consciously looking back to see if anyone was coming. And there were some adults who walked past who looked at me weird because I was doing a very weird thing. And I was like, uh, don't worry, I I didn't steal these. They're like, okay. But then one old lady passed by and she was like, you are in big trouble. And she wagged her finger at me. And no. then I ran off to my dad and was like, we have to go. We have to go right now. <laughs> and I still think about that. Was he a good getaway driver? Yeah, I mean, he he was done, so we just went to the checkout and drove off. That's good. Next question. The Moon Rules asks, Do you have any siblings? If so, what notable things have they let you take the fall for? If not, any notable items of your parents that you've accidentally damaged or destroyed? Uh, I do not have any siblings, and I don't think I have accidentally damaged anything that belonged to my parents. Hmm, so I'm I'm the older sibling, so actually I would, I would be more of a, a Robert in this scenario. Mm. But I don't remember if I've ever pulled a Robert exactly. I don't think I did. It just seems like a mean thing to do. And really a lot easier to simply hide the evidence. You think so? Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be kind of tough to do with the whole box of records. But I don't know. When I was a kid, if I broke things, I would just uh, silently sweep it aside and hope nobody noticed. And if they did, uh, uh, they wouldn't think that I did it. Mm -hmm. uh, Casey asks... What are your thoughts on Ray Romano's touchstone animated children's film and franchise, Ice Age? Uh, I mean, the scrap bits were pretty funny when I was nine. <laughs> he finally got his nut. Come on, Crystal, be more mature. No, he did. They animated it as sort of their last hurrah. A, a little short film about Scrap finally got his nut and ate it. You know what? I am happy for him. Yeah. When are they going to give the Trix Rabbit the same due? They're always like pretend, oh, we're going to give him a cereal this time, but then they fuck him over. I don't, I don't think, I don't know. That'd be, I think it would be too woke if they gave him the tricks. You think so? Yeah, because that's the classic memory of my childhood is he doesn't get the tricks. So if they did it, it would be something different. It would be a change from what I remember. Hmm. It would be like listening to CDs when you're used to the sound of vinyl. I suppose. I suppose you could say that. Do they even do the Trix Rabbit anymore? 
I'm sure they still do the Trix Rabbit. You know, I'm not watching that shit, but... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really watching things that would show me Trix commercials. I think I've aged out of the Trix commercial audience. Maybe if I watch YouTube Kids. Uh, what Paleolithic megafauna would best represent you in an Ice Age film? Ooh, now this is a question. A furry question. What Paleolithic megafauna would best represent? I mean, my girlfriend would be a Mosasaur or a T-Rex. This is known. <laughs> hmm. Mm. Are you good birds? Well, well, technically, Crystal, all dinosaurs are birds. When you think about it, taxonomically speaking. I'm talking about Paleolithic. Oh, right, 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 right. Right. Yeah, they Sorry. ain't no dinosaurs. Except the birds. Except the birds, of course. They're the avian dinosaurs. Listen, the giant sloth gets, like, a bad rap in the Ice Age movies. I feel like they kind of fuck him over, which is a shame, because I love John Leguizamo. Great actor. One of the all-time greats, J-Legs. Um, but I respect a giant ground sloth, you know? Giant ground sloth? Yeah, sloths are alright. They're just chilling. I like those fucked-up early horses, too. I don't know if that was uh, Paleolithic or before that, but you know the horses I mean? I don't know these horses. Uh... I'm gonna look up hippo something early horse in uh, Duck Duck Go. Okay, evolution of the horse. Uh, I'm th I'm thinking of I think uh, Orohippus. Okay. Yeah, or or maybe Eohippus, but you know they're a bunch of like fucked up proto horses in the uh, Alagocene epic. Oh, these are cute little horses. Yeah. Uh, I found my Paleolithic megafauna. It is the Forest Rassidae, also known as Terror Bird. Fuck yes! It's a fucking dinosaur. There were dinosaurs. Humans lived amongst dinosaurs. Damn, we finally, we finally cracked the code. We finally proved that the cartoonists were right. This is just a fucking T-Rex. With like, a, the beak has developed a bit more. I mean, strictly speaking, do we know that the T-Rex didn't have a developed beak? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, okay, I'm looking at the fossil now. No, that's much more of a beak. You're right. Yeah, so that's a hard beak for pecking at prey. God, what a cool-ass bird. This creature is very crystal. Um, Were there any mega bats? Mega bats? I'm looking this up. I am not, uh, I'm not seeing anything right off the bat, as it were. Let me look up evolution of bats. Uh, I'm seeing that bats are apparently one of evolution's greatest puzzles. Oh, 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 hang on. I'm finding something. Uh-huh. Yeah, Paleochiropteryx! Oh, shit. That's a fucking animal right there. This is such an animal. Uh, it is very small, so it's still not megafauna. Fuck. <laughs> oh, well. Someday. Apparently, um, we can, we can track the Paleolithic human activity by, like, keeping track of um, where bats have been because humans kept walking into caves and disturbing them. <laughs> That's really fucking funny! Yeah, it's like, hmm, if the bats move from here to here, but humans were fucking up their caves and were drawing shit. Humans do love drawing shit in at least one cave, and probably more. Cave paintings are pretty cool stuff to think about. They're still around. God willing, they'll be around forever. I hope so. Uh, we got any other questions? I think that's the last of our questions. We've come to the end of the show. Maxi, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Max Knightley. That's M-A-X-K-N-I-G-H-T-L-E-Y. 
I am on a podcast, Eidolon Playtest, where we, both of us actually, uh, try out a game that some of our friends made called Eidolon Become Your Best Self. Uh, We talk about friendship and psychic battles, and occasionally there's some gay shit in there, which is pretty good. Uh, I'm also on video games, the movie, the podcast, where uh, a friend and I watch video game adaptation movies and discuss them, uh, see if they're any good. Some of them are all right. A lot of them aren't. Uh, And recently I started a podcast with my boyfriend, Zach, uh, Draining the Swamp, where we are watching the entirety of MASH, another considerably older sitcom. Uh, So far, it's kind of fucking weird. Kind of, kind of a kind of a weird show in its first season. Hasn't really found its footing. Kind of a weird show. Kind of a, a, a homosocial show. Yeah, no, there's some gay shit in there. It's that that part is good. There's a whole website about <laughs> slashy Nash quotes. Yeah, please go to. Uh, let me make sure I have the link correct. Uh, draining hyphen the hyphen swamp dot pinecast dot co. Uh, but yes, if you go there, you can uh, listen to the episodes we have up, and they're pretty good, I think. I think so too. This is a good show. Um, so we're gonna close out with a classic Raymond joke. Oh, fun! This comes in from upjoke.com/slash/raymond-jokes. Guy one, do you want some Raymonds? Guy two, do you mean ramen? Guy one, no Raymonds. Everybody loves Raymonds. Fuck! I wasn't expecting that one to get me. <laughs> That's actually pretty decent. <laughs>